Hey, this is Jay. Could you do me a favor and hit that subscribe button right there on your iDevice? And if you really like the show, could you do me one other favor and do a search for the Big Buck Red Street on your iDevice and leave us a five-star review if you love the show. Tune in to North American Whitetail TV on the Sportsman's Channel this Wednesday at 8 p.m. for a special commemorative TV show on the Mel Johnson Buck. Thanks for your support and enjoy the show. Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Deer Hunting Podcast, episode number 118. A 50-year record, the Mel Johnson Buck, with special guest, Mel Johnson. Big Buck Registry is a virtual museum of hunting stories. We preserve a piece of Americana by interviewing and recording hunters about their hunts and experiences from across the country. And who knows, maybe we'll learn a thing or two along the way that'll help us take our hunt to the next level. This is Gordon Whittington, Editor-in-Chief at North American Whitetail Magazine, and you're about to listen to another great episode of the Big Buck Registry Deer Hunting Podcast. Hi, this is Larry Weissoon from Trailing the Hunter's Moon, and you're listening to my favorite podcast on iTunes, the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Grant Woods from Growing Deer TV. You're listening to one of my favorite deer hunting podcasts on the internet, the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Deer Hunting Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Deer Hunting Podcast. This is Jay Scott, and I am joined by my good friend, my good friend, the Buckeye, Dusty Phillips. What's happening, Dusty? O-H-I-O. <laughs> it's college football season, Jay. But, uh, man, not, not a whole lot happening. Just uh, getting, the, getting some hay off the fields. and Man, weather's setting in. Man, it's going to be hunting time real soon. It's... It's that time, man. It just smells like hunting. I don't, there's a smell to it. I'll be honest. There's a smell to hunting. And it, it just, it, as smells go, are largest memory triggers that there is. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, one of them things where, you know, you, you start putting things that you like to do on the, on the maybe list, and you go hunting. Yep. There are some uh, big bucks being sent in right now, I have to say. Uh, archery kills um, uh, from all over the country. Some in velvet, some out of them already, uh, with recurves and compounds, and it's just—it's it, all over the map. So it's on, brother. It is on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yes. Hey, what do you say we travel back to 1965, October 29th, in particular? I say let's do it. You know what happened on that day, Dusty? Mel Johnson killed the world record buck. Yes. Friday, October 29th, 1965, Melvin Johnson was hunting a soybean field 20 minutes from downtown Peoria, Illinois, and shot what turned out to be the world record Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett with a bow. And to boot, he shot it with a recurve that still stands almost 50 years later. We haven't quite reached that point yet. 50 years, Jake. Could you imagine? year record. No, I can't. Things were so different 50 years ago in the in the deer hunting world. It's it's fascinating. So, what we decided to do to celebrate this record, and we're going to put this out before the 50-year anniversary actually gets here, but we actually have the Melvin J. Johnson joining us right here on the Big Buck Podcast to reminisce about that hunt and tell us every single little thing he knows about deer hunting. And I have to be honest, when we recorded this, you and I, I don't think we spoke five words. Yeah, it's not that we didn't want to speak. It was that, you know, Mel took the floor and and we let Mel, you know, say what he wanted to say and, and talk about things that he learned over the years. Yes. I mean, this is a veteran hunter, Jay. You know, he, he, he needs to be respected, and he's full of knowledge about chasing whitetails. Yes. That's the cool part. That, that's what makes it so unique. Yes. Mel is 81 years old, and he was 31 when he shot the deer. He shot it with a 72-pound Howitt recurve that the buck ended up weighing about 340 pounds on the hoof and scored 204 and 4.8s in the Pope and Young typical category. Just no, a, a big buck. 
an amazing deer. But I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to give you any more about that. I'm just going to let Mel tell you how it went down. And listen closely to all the little tips he gives you along the way because he doesn't think he's giving you a tip. But I'm, I was sitting there like a, a, a child would listen to a grandfather. And just the things that he's forgotten about is more than I will probably know until I'm, I won't know it until I'm 81 years old. Yeah, it's it, it just, it, it'll suck you in and make you want to listen to the show thoroughly and, and yes. definitely pay attention. This there's, is, there's a whole lot in this show that, that you don't want to miss. Yes, this is one of those shows. So without further ado, here's Mel Johnson. Yeah, things are going pretty good. Uh, I haven't been out too much uh, messing around, but uh, I don't get too excited too much till later on in September or I mean, October, first of October. But um, for the most part, it's been pretty good. Keeping up with grandkids and all, you know. Sure. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for taking time out of your evening to join us. Well, yeah, I can do that. No problem with that. Uh, Where do you live at, Dusty? In Ohio? Somewhere in Ohio? Yep. I'm just a little bit southwest of Dayton, Ohio. Dayton. Okay. So, Mel, where where were you born? Born right here in Peoria, Illinois. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. March 1934. March 1934. And what was life like back in the 30s and 40s growing up? Well, there weren't no deer. Really? <laughs> no, we had no deer for years. Interesting. And uh, uh, I think the first deer season was in like 59. Wow. And, uh, and of course, we were, I was after everything else. I was just a young gopher, you know. Sure. We done a lot of rabbits and squirrels and fishing and all that crap, you know. But, but for the most part, I didn't do a whole lot of it until uh, till I went into the Army. I got I had to go into the Army in June of 1960. Okay. And some of the fellows in the, that I was in, in the Army with were from uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. And uh, we got to chasing the day and going deer around Fortland Wood, Missouri. And there was, there was an ample supply of them down there. And so uh, I was a permanent party there at the, in the in the military. And uh, we uh, we got to have and spend a lot of time chasing deer down there and learning a lot about them. Interesting. So you learned how to deer hunt in Missouri for the most part. Well, that's where I started. I don't know how much I learned, you know, but how you fumble around. I think everybody fumbles, at least I know most people I do, fumbled a lot, you know. We make a lot of mistakes. We could write a book on mistakes, I think. (laughs) But uh, That's true. Everybody makes them, you know, and it's a way, it's just part of the growing up. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, we, uh, we done all right. Of course, we shot everything down there. It was brown, it was down, and it was a, uh, we were all, well, recurve shooters and that, you know. Okay. And uh, everybody says, was that a, repor- per- a little bit more recurve or a compound? It wasn't even out with compounds yet. I hadn't started pushing them yet. Right, right, right. So it was, we were with uh, strictly recurves. And, uh, you know, you, it's a little more de- demanding, it seems like, you know. But uh, so that's where we spent most of our time. Every moment we had free time from the military, we'd be out chasing the animals, you know. But, but uh, so that's the way we were. I was there for a couple of years. And then when I go out, I'll, well, the, one of the guys, he asked me to meet him in Black River Falls, Wisconsin, for the opening of the deer season. So, of course, I was up there for that. Yeah. And I was hung on that for years and years. We have, we went there a lot. And it really wasn't that great. But we, you know how you do, you get stuck in a spot and you don't want to move. Sure. And uh, it took us a while to get get the ambition to go and try some other spots and, and uh, so we did we moved to different areas and uh, found out there were a lot more deer in other spots you know but uh, anyhow uh, so that's the way we uh, we got our start you know and yeah. uh, uh, we spent a lot of time up there and of course I had some two or three buddies here that were actually really great bow hunters you know and uh, the one guy I was a friend with well, he he could he was the most fantastic shot I've ever seen you know he could hit anything anywhere and uh, so him and I got to hunting quite a bit together and of course now he's gone he's passed all my good old buddies are going you know yeah <laughs> I'm at the right age group now where they have lost a lot of my uh compadres I guess you'd call it gotcha and uh anyhow it makes it a little tougher but uh so you got to keep branching out and getting into them different groups <laughs> 
of people. Right. Uh, I know here the last few years, I got to hunting with some guys along the Mississippi River and uh, at Savannah, Illinois, and it was loaded with deer up there. And uh, the guys let me come up there and hunt on on this this club. Hmm. And uh, it was a kind of a pricey club for me because I'm just an old blue-collar worker. Right. But uh, <clears throat> I couldn't afford to sell my, my little bunkhouse, which I've got a little hunting place, you know. And, and by the time I sell that, well, it would cost me uh, more than what it would cost to get in that club where they've done everything for you, you know. Oh, sure. <laughs> Right. Gotcha. I've heard guys complain about it, and I said, wow, if I didn't have to pay taxes and insurance and utilities and cut grass every week and all that stuff, that'd be a good deal. But every time I mentioned selling it, my wife would say, oh, no, no, no. we got to save that for the grandkids, you know? Right. Of course. So that's where we're at on that, and it's kind of a standoff. And, uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Now the kids are old enough. I got my 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 youngest, well, my grandson. He's ten years old. I got him his first turkey there in the spring, and I, that was kind of a, had more fun doing that than anything else. Yeah, uh, calling the bird in and getting him to to shoot one and with a gun, not with a bow. Yeah. But uh, so I'm trying to get him a permit for for shotgun for deer, let him kill his first deer because we got we've got some does and things around, plenty of them, and and it's not that difficult, I don't think. But uh, we'll see how it is for that little booger, how uh, <laughs> how he manages it, you know. Right. I can still remember the first ones I took a shot at, and it was it was pretty demanding. It was pretty uh, you, you you learn as you go, you yeah. know. Like, why why did I do that? Why didn't I do that? Right. But uh, so you guys got pretty good hunting out there, haven't you? Yes. Uh, well, D- Dusty has great hunting. My hunting is a little different. It's not quite as rich in uh, crops, and the the deer are big if you find one, but they're not particularly large antlered deer. And Dust- well, Dusty's in a much different area. <laughs> real Most of them aren't large antlered here either. Mm. Everybody comes to Illinois thinking there's a pope and young deer behind every tree. Sure. And that simply isn't true. You. <laughs> I know guys have hunted here hard all their lives, and they haven't killed very many of them, you know. And uh, it's they don't come that easy. But uh, you know, same same thing as as uh, real estate, you know, location, location. Some guys sit on the hunt in this great place, you know. Like, no matter what they do, they got deer walking around them. And other places you can sit sit all week and like don't see that many, you know. But uh, but anyhow, that's just uh, deer hunting, you know. That's where they we had a lot of them die off a year ago. I got that uh, blue tongue and that, you know. Okay. Yep. And I got a buddy who's got, he's got a place that has so many deer, it's unbelievable. And he's been protecting it for years. And, uh, and I kept telling him, I say, well, so one of these days something's going to happen. And I mean, you could go out there and, and I've seen as high as 60 deer a night. Wow. You know, and, uh, all kinds, you know, a lot of, a lot of antlerless than that. And there you, and you crack the horns together and you get a bunch of immature deer come running in and, uh, <laughs> He, uh, you know, and so all of a sudden they did lose a lot of them. And he said, wow, he said, what am I going to do now? I said, well, you remember a few years back when there weren't many deer and you had to sit all week to see one or two, you know, I said, mm-hmm. it's just right back where you started from. It'll be, it'll work out. <laughs> nature kind of took its course, it huh? Yeah. Nature was just kind of doing its thing. Yeah. But there's a, there's a, there's places where there's pretty stiff with deer, you know, there's a lot of them around. Hmm. But it's still hard to, and then we got a lot of bow hunters too. My lands are, it's, it's hard to get in places where we used to just go and they'd say, go ahead, you know, you're, you're harmless, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's not that way anymore. Everybody's got family, friends, relation, or somebody that has, uh, taken up the spots or space. And, you know, you know, you got to have a choice of spots, you know. And of course, I haven't, uh, like I say, I, I've lost some of my partners and, and, uh, well, the one I could still go out to his place and uh, he's got to care taker i could still still hunt that but he died so it's not the same you know right right no, i <laughs> without, totally understand without having my old buddy there but uh, right but that's just the way it works you know you just have to keep moving on yeah. but uh, but anyhow we uh we see some deer and some are good and some are bad and uh, i don't know i just I just like to hunt if i couldn't hunt them i don't know what in the world i'll do and i can and i'm at the point now where i can see the light at the end of the tunnel 
Mm. I mean, I know I'm not going to be able to uh, go after them like I once did. You know what I mean? I was out in the woods climbing trees every day and, and moving around, you know, but uh, them days are pretty much behind me. I don't have to do all that. Right. But uh, still, I kind of miss it, you know. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I know my, my one close buddy, he, he died this year, and uh, him and I have a lot of stuff, or not a lot of stuff, some places that we hunt together, and uh, and I was, I've lost him, too. So he, mm. it makes it rough. <laughs> but so take care of your stuff as long as you can because it don't last forever. All right, I will. I'll take those words to uh, forever. Actually, I'll definitely take you up on that. Yeah, you don't realize, uh, you know, how 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 good it is to have uh, some buddies, you know, that you can hunt with. Now, I never did like to go with a group. I've seen guys go with big bunches of guys, you know, and that. We never did do that, but uh, I still had had like the same guys and, and, uh, we had a cabin or somewhere, somewhere and, and hot, you know, and it was, it was enjoyable, you know, but uh, and then, well, times change, you know, there's a lot Absolutely. more deer, uh, uh, being harvested and, uh, you know, they just, just, we had them here in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> I had apple trees in the back. And sure, yeah. the deer were coming right into the yard here, but we don't bother them. Most I wouldn't bother them here in the yard. Yeah. But uh, uh, my wife, she likes to look at them and that. But uh, yeah, I still like to go and get away from it all. I bet I mean, it's, it's it's peaceful. You know, and it's yeah, part of the part of the. The thing of going and doing it, you know, and, uh, and uh, like I get to go up to these guys up in the rock house and what we call a rock house hunt club and, uh, and everything changes. A ball player has bought the place and it's a big uh, pro ball player and, uh, he's a nice enough guy, but he don't really want it, you know, mm. and, uh, and he's, uh, he just buys stuff to be buying it, you know. Sure. And they make so much money that you can't, you can't imagine how much money these people, he's a professional basketball player and, uh, he just, he makes millions of dollars and buying property and stuff is nothing to him. Right. I mean, he had the one spot which we thought was pretty good. My buddy had this one that I liked to hike quite a bit and then it was, uh, it was about 400 acres and, uh, of course, Mike even, he logged it out and everything, built a great big machine shed on it with living quarters in it and everything and along comes this Chris came and he says, I gotta have that. Well, Mike says, well, I guess you can't. You got the right amount of money. Well, he always had the money, you know, and he, Sure. He says, well, you couldn't afford not to sell it to him, you know? Right. They, yeah. <laughs> they just make money and buy it and sell it and then everything else. So sure. Nothing stays the same. Boy, it, it, it keeps rattling around up there. And, uh, and I enjoy going up there turkey hunting and that and just being around the guys. But, uh, and that's about three hours to the north of me. Where okay. I go. All right. And, uh, and I don't have to. My bunkhouse is, it's 50 minutes or, <laughs> I don't have, but there ain't nobody there. I go up there and hunting by myself half the time or most of the time. Gotcha. So I'd rather go to uh, this and see these guys and see what they're doing and blah, 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 you know. Right. Yeah, I totally understand. By. It's a lot more fun. Hey, Mel, at your, at your age, Mel, do you, do you feel more comfortable hunting with the, with the knowing that there's a, another hunter or a group of hunters in the area with you? I don't hunt public land that much. Mm. Uh, no, it, uh, yeah, I don't want to be bumped around by them, you know, or have them building stands right across the fence from me or whatever. Yeah. I've had, had that problem with guys try to find out where I'm hunting. And boy, if I knew where to go all the time, I wouldn't be able to get big enough freezer to put my meat in, you know? <laughs> but some guys think, well, just because you went there, it's good. All That's right. not necessarily true. Right. <laughs> You're still going to have a whole bunch of luck involved with it, you know, and uh, and putting it all together and then uh, decide what you're going to shoot and what you're not going to shoot. Right. So uh, I don't know. The old boy I used to hunt with up north had just died on me. He hardly ever shot at anything. Hmm. But he was born and raised there and killed a pile of deer when he was young. And he just didn't didn't shoot them. He just let them walk by. And he liked to look at them and mess with them. And he he wouldn't stand every day. And with that, but he wouldn't shoot. Hardly ever shot at one. Hmm. And so <laughs> I kept him busy dragging deer out. I just <laughs> Because I don't get, I like, I still like to eat them and my, my son-in-law and then my daughter, my son-in-law don't hunt. So I usually shoot deer for them and they, they, he likes to cook it and eat it, you know, so. Sure. It works out just fine, you know. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yes, hey, that's Mel, what I can do. As, as you get older, is it more comfortable to hunt with a group of guys? No, I never did like to hunt with a group of guys, you know. I mean, like up there, when I go to the rock house, everybody has their own property or something to go on or, or like on this club property. I don't hunt on it. I don't pay to hunt that because there's guys that pay to hunt that. And uh, my buddy, he's a dentist and he owns stuff and he lets me hunt on his property, gotcha. which is fine, you know. Oh, yeah. And I know it. And, and he know his brother helps me and they help me out. And I wouldn't be able to do a lot of the crap I do if they didn't help me you know i'm 81 years old you know i know like i say i can see the light at the end of the tunnel you know it just gets to the point where uh you know you just you can't do it you know it's right. so demanding and you can't seem to get get it together you know but uh so if that's the way it is you know and, and i hate to think of uh having to quit one of these days but i i don't know maybe i'll have to this year <laughs> i don't know doesn't sound like you want to, though. No, no. Last year I had my one of my one of my hillbilly buddies was with me, and he kills a lot of deer. But I had nobody to hunt with me, and so he come up to my the bunkhouse and was going to hunt with me. So I put him on a stand, and then I got in the stand, and and I had this well, not a giant, but a reasonable buck, you know, mm-hmm. come by. He had his size and everything, and he was big heavy animal and and i shot him and, and merle he's just a hillbilly come from benton kentucky and he said did you see that buck and i said <laughs> well yeah i did i said i shot him he's laying right over here <laughs> in the prairie grass <laughs> he's well and then so we went and got him and i was sicker than the dog then and we got him back to my garage and my bunkhouse and got him skinned and part of him in the freezer and part in the fridge. And I called my wife. She called my cardiologist and he said, get in the hospital. So I was, I went straight from there to the hospital and was there for a week. Oh, wow. After I shot there, so I called my brother, my son-in-law, and told him to go out and get the deer, you know, because it was a nice deer, big deer. And so he went out and got it. And like I say, they use it and they take care of it, you know. So. Sure, yeah. But I I just can't drag a bag on things out and that. They ain't trying anymore. They ain't even going to do it. <laughs> Gotcha. Email back back when you were starting to hunt or when you first started hunting with a recurve, how long how long did it take you to feel comfortable enough where you felt you had the accuracy to go into the woods to kill a deer? Oh my gosh. That didn't take no time at all because I was down at Fort Leonard Wood and we seen deer constantly and we have drives for them and this and that. And uh, we, uh, I, I didn't even have a bow. I went to what they call spatial services. Yeah. They, for the military, and they used to get a bow. I forget what it cost. Little or nothing for a month. You would, uh, you'd rent the bow and you got some arrows and so you had, you know, the equipment. But it was, it wasn't, it wasn't one of them old, uh, old, uh, Ben Pearson bow you could shoot right or left handed, you know? Sure, yeah, right. Of course, this is in, this is in 60 now. There's a lot different then. But, uh, we, uh, <laughs> we hunted deer all the time down there. Between me and my buddies down there, I mean, we we killed some deer, you know. But uh, yeah. but uh, you know, and of course, all of us weren't. None of us had a pot to pee in, or you know, we were all in the military and uh, didn't have no money or didn't have nothing, you know. So it was kind of tough, you know. But uh, but we always managed to to get a deer and get them cut up to where we cook them. Gotcha. So <laughs> and, uh, no, none of it went to waste. I'll tell you that. But, uh, That's good. Yeah, it didn't take no time to get to where, uh, where I could. Uh, how good do you have to be? You know. Yeah, proficiency. You know, you know the most most important thing is 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 to try to learn to uh, read uh, deer language. Hmm. And you don't get that by by just shooting every goddamn deer. You know, you got to see how they move and what they're doing and this and that. And what gets me sometimes, you get these a lot of these younger people. They'll say, "Well, I'm not going to shoot a doe, and not just." I'm never shooting as as I get a big buck. Well, that's not a very smart thing to do because you can learn a whole lot from them old O's when they're walking, (laughs) you know. Right. But, uh, and so, and there's nothing wrong with uh, shooting a big old doe. And, uh, so that's what we did. We, we just learned by, by hunting them and shooting them and, uh, you know, growing, growing up, I guess you might say. Yeah. Uh, can, uh, we, you hear these guys, some of these guys, they got terrific places to hunt, and, and I'd love to see some of them, you know, but uh, I've never been that fortunate, you know. But, uh, but anyhow, that's the way it is, you know. I, tell me more about reading deer. What is, what is it that you look for? What are you learning from that deer? Um, 
when you say you're you're studying movement and language? Oh, it's just seeing how they're walking around, what their reaction is to to noises or different things, you know. And I mean, you can shoot a perfect arrow and miss a deer, right? Because it don't always stay exactly where you put him. A lot most time they're moving or there's something's happening. So you gotta just know when when and where to take the shot and what they're doing. So if they get preoccupied doing one thing, you got a chance to shoot at them, you know, uh, without bumping them, you know. I've scared them just drawing the bow back, hmm. you know, and that which makes virtually no noise, you know. But then I, you know, I've, I've learned to to draw my bow without making much movement or making any noise, and uh, able to get a shot at them without without bumping them. And uh, because if you bump them, they're usually gone. <laughs> Right. They don't have that many opportunities, but we like, I like to watch them and, uh, it, it takes a while for you, for you, uh, get to shoot them. I, that's what I go up there to this, uh, rock house. I, I didn't shoot many of their deer up there because some of those guys want to shoot a big deer. So I would, I would just tell the guy that owned the place and that what I seen and where they're at. And I seen a lot of deer that were big shooters, you know, but they were 40 and 50 yards away. And I simply just can't shoot 40 and 50 yards away. I know that you know there's guys that can and they're perfect at it you know but i'm not one of them okay so if they're they're in there within my my little picture and they're within 20 yards or so that's when they're vulnerable for me and uh, so i just let them walk by you know and so you learn a lot by watching them and letting them go Hmm. sometimes you know but uh, i don't know what the answer it is you know everybody's looking for a shortcut (laughs) true that's kind of true yeah Yeah, everybody is yeah, kind of looking all for pick a... up the book and they read the book and they say, right. wow. Yeah, you know, I've had guys come up to me and they start telling me about uh, bucks on a rubbing tree and on a scrape and doing this and doing that. I said, well, you've used all the terminology. I said, you must have got it all out of the book. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and they do, you know. Right, you do. But, uh, you know, it just don't happen that way most of the time. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> the only thing I know is it's almost deer season again, so we get to go out and start all over again. So I That's t- a good thing about it, you know. Yeah. It comes back <laughs> every year. Over, right. Yeah, once it's over, you just get rewind and start again, you yeah. know, and if you got the time and energy to do it, you know, yeah. but... Uh, that's that's what I look for and live for, and I just love that if I could get my grandson cracking a little bit, but he's too young, and I know that. But uh, uh, by the time I get him to where he's doing something, I'll probably be unable to go, you know. But, gotcha. Uh, but anyhow. So, Mel, when was the we'll last take time a shot at it? When was the last time you shot a deer? Huh? Last year. Last year. Yeah, I shot a nice buck last year. Nice. That's excellent. Yeah, that's so, when I had to go to the hospital as soon as I shot him. So that was last year's buck. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Gotcha. Yeah, um, he was a nice deer. He had he had big seeds on him. Like he's a, he was a breeder, you know. He was a big deer, but uh, he just didn't have the, the the width and the depth that some of the old bucks get, you know. Sure. But they're there, you know. It's, it's just it's awful big country, you know. Sometimes you uh, you they'll come by. Sometimes they won't, you know. I had one young man we let hunt hunt in there, and he well, his granddad just died, and he he goes come down and I don't go up there during gun season. I don't, I don't go there. And uh, what did he do? He wanted to he have one day off work. He's a chef at Macomb College in Macomb. And he come down and he, he shot a, what did he, he shot a buck in the morning. Yeah. In the same stand. He always likes to get one of my better stands. He, you can't hardly get him out of it. He's always in it. And uh, he shot that. And then later on, he told his grandpa, he says, I think I'm going to go back down and try to get in the stand, try to get to get a good doe for tonight. Uh-huh. So he went down the stand and he said, damn, it wasn't the biggest buck he's seen all year. Walked right underneath the tree. <laughs> he didn't have another buck permit, you know. Oh. But, you know, and some guys, some guys might have shot at him. I don't know. But he's always been pretty straight, you know, with us. And then, well, when he first started hunting there, he, he used to, he got down out of the stand a couple of times and started pursuing the deer, you know, and I don't have a very big place. And I told him, I said, don't be bumping these deer around. I said, if they, didn't get by you, let them go. I says, the next time they'll be by you. I said, but uh, I says, every time you bump them, that's one less chance we're going to get to get them. But, well, he's killed like a whole dang bunch of deer out of that one tree. I'll tell you. <laughs> but he gun hunts it too, you know. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, and he has fun, but uh, I don't know if he'll come this year or not because his granddad's dead now, so he may not even come down. But, oh, well, that's his choice, you know. Gotcha. So, Mel, because, go ahead. I was going to say, do you, 
looking back in to 1965, do you feel that you know more today about deer hunting than you did back in October 1965? No more. I don't know if I know any more. Okay. I, I just might... Uh, might help me remember things that, you know, it's just like if sometimes you can go to a seminar and see, you'll be listening to somebody and he'll be reading the old bull, you know, he'll lay it on you and then he'll say something and you'll say, oh, damn, I knew that, but I didn't think about it. I haven't thought about it right. for a long time, you know. It's just stuff you can't compile and keep up there all the time, you know. Right. No, that makes sense. I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been to seminars like, well, I do that, but I didn't know that I did that. Yeah, because yeah, it's just they're there, and you get the opportunity, and uh, it's great. You know, I wish to, I wish I could say that I knew more, but I, I don't think I know any more. Gotcha. You know, I haven't. Uh, I we used to get down and walk the Galdang Woods every day and find the hot spots and change stands and put up stands and you know with the program all the time, you know, mm. and now I can't do that. I got stands up that are permanent and I go and get them and they're all good stands. I mean, most of the stands by my bunkhouse I've shot deer out of. Okay. I don't know. But, and uh, it's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. But then I've shot them a lot of times too, you know. I didn't just get in them for a little bit and walk away, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's something, you know. And yeah. they, but they do walk when you don't expect them to. They walk right through the Caldang yard or something, you know. Yeah. But uh, at least they do up there. <laughs> but, Mel, would you would you do us one quick thing and and kind of take us back to that hunt in 1965 where you took the the world record buck and just tell okay. us how it all played out. Okay. Well, I, like I say, most of the time I went by myself, and I and I went and I had seen the buck, uh, seen him twice before, and he'd come up in this in this bean field that was already picked, and I I didn't even get in a tree stand, or we didn't have tree stands. Uh, I just sort of got down on my knees in the in the weeds along the edge of the field, and that particular night, well, uh, he had. A couple of times he'd come out and he crossed the field and, and I don't know, bucks have an old way of walking, they go to the gate, they try to swing back and forth. But anyhow, mm. he'd come to my side and a little point and he'd get the other side of the point and they'd drop down in the woods and I couldn't see him. Well, this particular night while he, he, uh, he come and he was out of sight and I thought, no, the booger, he went down in the woods again. And all of a sudden I blinked and there he was and he was only about, ooh, maybe 10 rows. Hmm. of beans in front of me, walking parallel with me right along the field, you know. And here I am, I've got my bow propped up with a with a uh, fork stick like we used to stick them up. And uh, okay. he he come walking along and he got directly in front of me. And, you know, when there are 10, 12 rows of beans, that's not very far. Right. And he turned his head. Of course, I had a face mask and everything on, but he kind of turned his head and looked directly at me, and I didn't move at all. And then he just kind of turned his head straight ahead and took about three more steps. And on about the third step, I planted one through the right, behind the right front leg and uh, went right into the lungs. And uh, he took out running straight away across the field. Yeah. And there was a little rise in the field, and I lost sight of him. And uh, so I, I kind of raised up and looked, and hell, he wasn't. I bet he didn't go 40 yards, 45 yards, and was flopping around out in the field. And I got up and walked out towards him, and uh, my arrow was laying there. I passed through through his body and mm-hmm. and uh, picked it up. And then I went to the farmer and got, got him to come out there, and we drove right out and picked him up. But he was a big deer. I mean, he dressed out, and we took him to a regular scale, and he dressed too soon. 70, I put him about 340 on the roof. Wow. And uh, when you used to have a table, you know, you could you could subtract one and a half pounds from the, from the dress weight and multiply by 1.27, and it gives you what the animal was in the hoof, you know. Gotcha. So okay. I put him 340 on the hoof, and uh, so he was, he was a pretty good pile of meat, you know, to be dragging around. Yeah, that's a monster. I, I didn't know if Gerald was going to hunt or not, so we got we drug him out of the field and got him out of the field, and so that my Buddy could come back and hunt if he wanted to, but I don't know if he ever did, you know. Gotcha. Well, was that on the ground or from a stand? No, it was on the ground. On the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did, had you scouted that area for a long time before you actually hunted it? Yeah, yeah that was on the 20, 29th, and I've been hunting it since season opened. Okay. The first, I'd seen the deer three times, you know. So, you know, I've seen other deer. You know, but yep. they, they didn't walk 
exactly in front of me and this and that. You know, they were, they were in the beans pretty good. And, uh, oh, I don't know. It's a lot of luck involved. <laughs> right place, right time, in other words. Yeah, and then being able to hold your composure when it comes down. You know, you yeah. you try to do the same thing and the right thing and right thing, and, and it, it all happens, comes together real quick. When it does come, you know, and if you're lucky enough, well, you, you, can, you get you do all right, you know. But uh, yeah. But it's been a heck of a ride. Like I say, since it'll be 29th of this month, it'll be 50 years. It's and, uh, 50 years. Now, Mel, why do you think that, after all today's technology, the game cameras, the bow advancements and all that stuff, why do you think that that record still holds today? Well, they've had a lot of people try to push them through that are, uh, every time they lose measure one or something, I've measured for 30 years mm-hmm. and I quit measuring now. I don't measure no more, but uh, they, they want to get that top score, you know, and I, we've had several uh deer that they said was a new world record and uh, they got to be sent in they got to be paneled and they got to be everything before they're accepted you know and i've had one sports writer he called me and uh, and he's a pretty cocky young man and he said well how does it feel now that your record's been broken <laughs> and i said well i said i don't know exactly what kind of an answer you're looking for i said because until it's been panel measured and everything it doesn't is doesn't mean anything anyhow right whether whether it's uh, is or whether it isn't, you know. But uh, if you're lucky enough to get one in that class, why? And they're they're that's a big deer, and, and I always said they'd probably kill one that was a new record, you know. And they've tried and they've come close, but uh, so far we've uh, and now these last few years, I kept thinking, well, oh, I hope hope they hold on till it gets 50 years. Anyhow, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, and, and that doesn't matter then, you know. Mm-hmm. And one guy says, well, what happens if you get beat? And I guess I said, well, I guess if I get beat, I'll be number two. <laughs> what are you going to uh, say? That's a great answer. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I, so what are you going to do? You know, right. I ain't going to cry in my beer or whatever. Right. You know, that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, they're, they're whacking big ones all the time, you know. And, uh, but they, there's a lot of these uh, uh, so-called pros, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then making all the videos and things like that. <clears throat> My lands, I've known, I've known plain old bow hunters, you know, that could run rings around these guys, you know, <laughs> in their <laughs> lifetime, but they just didn't hit the right circuit, you know. Yeah, no, I like to hear that. That's good to know. Yeah, seems like now they got to have a guy and a gal to to make hits, you know, but. Right. Like my hillbilly buddy, golly, he's killed so many big deer. It's, it's unbelievable what he killed with a bow. And, and you look at some of the equipment he's got. I feel so sorry for him. I built him arrows and took him good arrows. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was shoot, shooting junk, you know. And I said, oh, Merle, don't shoot that junk like that. But uh, it's all he ever had to shoot, you know. But I don't know what he'd do if he had good equipment because he he's a heck of a hunter. Like I say, he comes from Kentucky and, and all that. And, and uh, he could he can do most anything, and he's a good woodsman and all that. But he uh, he just uh, he just hunts, you know. Hmm. And he don't he used, to, he used to take pictures of them and come over here with big things of pictures of them. Yep. Before the cameras, and uh, he'd take handheld cameras, you know, and take pictures, you know. But uh, see now, my nephew he got a place in southern uh, west of here, and he's got these new cameras, and he'll get six or seven thousand pictures a time every time he goes down. Right, right. And he he counts when he has sixty some bucks, different bucks on these pictures. And I said, oh man, you know, it, it, you're taking a little something out of the hunting, you know. It, you know, it, it, there's a time and a place for for stuff but uh uh you know he got he was he was saying all these big deer you know and uh, so i don't know but i i had two cameras and i took them down i don't i don't need them if they don't walk by in the daytime can't shoot them anyhow <laughs> that's a good point i like that yeah and most yeah. of them come around at night you know right and uh you see the nighttime pictures don't mean too much Right. But uh, it's nice to know they're on the property, but uh, and they most of the time they just pass through. But whatever. But, Do you think the yeah. uh, the genetics are still there from the the gene pool of the deer that you shot? No, I wouldn't say no. It's been fifty years. Yeah. Look how things can possibly change, and, and people have bought property all over that area, and I never did come out and advertise where I shot him. You know. Yeah. And people say they bought property because somebody said that's where I killed the deer. And then they'd buy gotcha. a piece of property just because they thought that the world record deer come off that property, you know, which don't you know, mean squat, you know. Yeah. They, 
they still gotta walk by when you're there. And, uh, and I've, I've measured deer for guys, great big old deer. And a lot of times, and they'd, I'd say, have you seen this deer many times? They said, no, we never seen him in a poor life. He just showed up one day, you know. So, you know, it, <laughs> that's just the way it is, you know. But, uh, yeah. and some guys do take the pictures continuously every day and every day. But, but where they spend the summers, usually not where they spend the fall. Uh, you know, my buddy, they, he used to have two or three big bucks on his place all the time. And I'd say, daggone it, that's too bad because I don't think they'll be here during rut. <laughs> and they'd, be, they'd move out, you know. Right. They'd move out. And uh, he have an army of does but then no bucks, you know. But uh, hmm. Yeah, but anyhow. Interesting. Yeah, you know, you, some guys got it and some guys haven't. Right. So, Mel, and, uh, of all the things you've learned over the years, what would you? What's your number one hunting tip? If you had to like, just give somebody that's been hunting for a while, or just anybody, what would you say to them? Well, uh, to don't give up. <laughs> gotcha. I don't. I don't let them. I won't let them quit. Like when my grandson, I took him turkey hunting. You know, I make him sit in the all dang turkey tent till quitting time. Yeah. And you take and make a kid sit in the tent for six, seven hours, you know, and it makes it pretty hard on him, you know. And uh, this last year, and I, he kept saying, oh, I'm gonna, let's go. Let's go on home. Let's go on home. And, no, no, Brody, you're going to sit. You're going to sit till quitting time. And it couldn't have been 15 minutes. Here come two big toms around the corner, and he killed one of them. And he said, man, am I glad I didn't quit. <laughs> I said, well, see there? There you go. Don't quit until quitting time, you know. A lot of guys that go out and they, they don't really don't really give it their all. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. They they just can't seem to spend the time that they should be spending at them yeah. out there. You wait all year to hunt, you know, and uh, and uh, you know if you don't get your butt out there and hunt when the time's right, that's your fault. You know. I know I've been up to that rock house and up there and in bad weather, and I'd go out hunting, and the guys would say, "Damn, you're the only one who went hunting this morning." You know. Nobody else went out. I said, well, you know, I hunt every day like it might be my last. Mm. So I'm going to hunt every tall dang minute I can. Yeah. <laughs> it may be dumb, but I just believe that. You know? I don't and, think that's dumb, Mel. I think that's admirable. I love that. Yeah, well, you just never know. And I've seen a lot of animals killed in the last few minutes of the hunt. Absolutely. You know, but you can't kill them if you're not out there. You know, but, uh, it's just the way the system works, I guess. But, yeah. but anyhow, well... Jay? Mel, I appreciate you coming on yeah. and, and talking to us. You've up a lot of your time here. Uh, it's, and, uh, believe me, I'm sitting here like a student. I'm just listening, and it's it's, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Bet, yeah. No, I'm serious. Yeah. It's, oh, I've learned yeah. a lot just listening to you talk, and uh, I'm glad we connected. <laughs> yeah, I got a buddy out there in New Jersey, and he's he got a son in, in Florida that's a guide, and he goes back to Jersey, and they can kill all kinds of deer in Jersey, you know? Sure. They're thick out there, you know, and he, he complains about that. And I told him, I said, well, hang that stuff up. I said, come on back here in Illinois. Let me, let me put you in a stand. <laughs> right. To see what deer hunting's all about, you know. Right. Yep. Totally different. And, yeah. It don't always work, but sometimes it does. Yeah. So do you, but, you, you know, plan to get out this, this coming year? Do you think, think you'll be able to get out? Oh, I know I'm going to get out. All right. And how much good I'm going to do? Well, that's something else, you know. That, right. uh, I'm going to give out there or get out there. I already, I already know that. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and I've got a pretty good understanding wife, I'll tell you that. That's, that's about half the battle, you know. That, that's probably and, your uh, best tip of all time right there, right? Yeah, but she she's uh she she'll know where I'm at. Yeah, she knows the guys I go with, and she calls and and uh, everything. And I may have uh, well, I forget for one sports show there must have been a half a dozen guys come in here from up north, and they had them shacked up all over the place, you know, sleeping on couches and everything else just to go to the sports show, you know. Yeah, and she she welcomes everybody that comes through the door, you know, and uh, it makes a big difference, you know. And, that's huge. Yep. Yeah. Okay, my friend. Well, good luck out there. Oh, thank you, Mel. This has been yeah, You know, Dusty, I haven't heard Dusty say a whole lot. He's taking notes. I am taking notes, Mel. It's 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 an honor to to talk with somebody that's, you know, spent many, many years in the woods. And, you know, you're full of very useful knowledge. And, and Jay and myself much appreciate you taking time to join us. You know, uh, I used to tell people, you know, how many trees we climbed <laughs> in 50 years. Right. Oh, yeah. Go out and climb several trees a, a night or a weekend or whatever. And you think, good grief, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of dumb some of the stuff we pull, but that's the way it is, you know. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. 
you, good you, luck you, hunting, you guys. Thank, thank you, you, Mel. Kill great big ones. <laughs> if you're going to kill a big one, do it after the 29th. After the 29th. <laughs> All right. Very yeah, good. Because I can still get my 50 years in. There you go. Well, I, I think you're going to make it, Mel. I don't think anybody's going to break your record for. Oh, don't bet on that. I know you say no. It's like the four minute mile, ain't it? Yeah, that's true. People say, well, that can't be done. Well, all of a sudden, bang, bang, right. they do it, you know. I mean, it's, it's doable. Well, I'll, I'll shoot yeah. does until the 29th, and then it's, then it's game on. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We're good eaters, you know. Yeah. How many does can you guys shoot? I can get uh, two a year, but I have to go to a certain part of New Hampshire to do that if I want to shoot more oh. than one. Well, you can kill all the does you want here if you can buy them tags. No kidding. Which I don't need to do that, but uh, right. yeah, I don't want to shoot all the deer, you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, they uh, got to have something for them big boys to walk around smell at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here in, here in Ohio, we can uh, we can shoot one doe, one buck in our county, and then you can move to a joining county and shoot another doe. Then you got to travel a little bit of distance down to southern Ohio if you want to get into more deer tags, more opportunity. Mm. But, uh, you know, one deer, one buck, that fills my freezer up pretty good. Put a, That's a lot of meat. You know what? Yeah, oh, yeah. These guys just buy, buy it all. And, of course, I give mine away to my kids, you know. But right. The wife, she don't cook it that much. But uh, we used to like to have the hamburger always here. And, uh, but uh, my sensibility, my, my daughter and son-in-law, they, and all the grandkids, they like it. And they, they get after it, you know. Which you know it, it, Mel, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to tell your grandson to t- take in everything that he can from you. You know, it's uh. If he's only listening, huh? Yeah, you know that's the that's the tough part because you know listening to you talk, you you sound just like my grandfather that showed me the way. And man, if I could only have another half hour with him today, you know. Yeah. That's the that's the that's a sad thing. A young man don't realize what he's got until it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, boys. All right, Mel. We'll let you go. Thank you so much for joining us. And okay. I may I, I may reach out to you now and then just to say hey if that's cool. Yeah, okay. Send me a card if you get a chance. All right. I will do that. Send me a picture. Pictures. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. See you later, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Yeah, bye. Take care. Bye bye. Uh I'm speechless, Dusty. I was pretty much speechless through the whole recording and the interview. And I'm still speechless. I couldn't agree more, Jay. You know, it, it touched me. That stories like that touch me. Uh, you know, older gentlemen like that that's got so much knowledge of what what they've seen and what they've done in the Whitetail Woods. You know, it, man, it's a, it, it really is amazing that he still has the drive. And that's something I always wondered. You know, that was always a question I, that I wanted to ask my grandfather before he passed away. He never did. You know, I, I was a young man and didn't really know and but. Mel just answered that, you know, that the same drive to go to the woods is still there at, at 80 years old. As it, it may not be as strong as it was when you were 20, but it sounds like it, that bug is still crawling around and it gets all jittery when it gets time. I mean, he's excited about go going whitetail hunting, Jay. Absolutely. That's, cool. That's awesome. He's still going even when it's bad weather. He doesn't care. He, yeah, yeah. It's all about getting out there is what he basically brought it down to. Yeah. And, you know, he was shooting a, a Zwicky broadhead, whatever that brand was. I mean, it doesn't even exist anymore. You right. know, he's seen and, and, and trend, trends of not only deer populations, but trends in, in hunting and gear and all that stuff have come and gone. And he's now, you know, seeing the, the latest bow technology and the compound bows and cameras and he just doesn't buy into that. He's like, it's just about hunting. Get out there and hunt, period, is basically what. His message is just go hunt, learn from your hunting. Right. Don't worry about the rest. You no, know, and I, it's, it's the, the truth though. It, it's so the, true. The truth just came straight from the, from a man's mouth into my ears and it makes you stop and think. I mean, I mean, really every buck that you see harvested or killed, you've already seen it before on social media. Yeah. You know, I, I seen that buck on your pictures, dude. I already know it was there. It's, you know, it's just like, it's ruined it for the hunters. Right. The element like, of surprise is gone. In a right. Lot of ways. And, and listen to Mel, you know, and it, it makes you think that, you know, he's right. Just, just think of the, okay, I'm going to throw this out there. You shoot a buck, Jay. All your friends usually, like 10 years ago, my friends would like show up at, at the house and we would like talk about how the hunt went down and what they've been seeing and how they killed the buck and it, vice versa. If your buddy killed one, you drive over there and check it out. They'd call your house phone and be like, hey, man, I shot a big buck tonight. You would drive over there. But now it's like, eh, you know, I right. see it on, I see it on Facebook. 
Seen on Facebook. I saw it on my game camera. Yeah. I saw it on your game camera. Right. I just, I mean, I don't know. Yep. And everything Mel talked about there really brought it back to, you know, instead of. The truth. He's telling the yeah. truth. Yeah. It comes instead down of to. including technology, eliminate technology and actually bring it back to a, a real hunt. Right. Yeah. That's crazy that it took something like that to make you realize. Right. So such a great story, such a great person. And, you know, he was, when I first talked to him, he was a little apprehensive about even talking about it because he felt like the story had been told over and over. But I think Mel had more stories to tell than way beyond just the story of the, the world record. I mean, I learned in just listening to him more things than I would have imagined he would have told us. And here he is just. I mean, he just opened up and it was fantastic. And I can't thank him enough for doing that for us and for our entire contingent at the Big Buck Registry. Yeah. Thank you again, Mel. Man, it was an amazing story and amazing things that you talked about. And I hope everybody learned something from this. Absolutely. I did. I certainly did. So, Dusty, how do you follow that act with a Chubby Tines tip of the week? Can you do it? Yeah, you know, I, I, I am going to do it. And, and I hope that a young hunter out there takes this to, to, to the bank for me if, you, if you've got a grandfather that you you enjoy hunting with he's not always going to be there you know there's a there comes a, a time in life that uh he's going to go on and hunt other places and, and that leaves you with a lot of unanswered questions and, and really try to take time and and ask questions about hunting with your grandfather because it, it it's too late once you realize that you know there was all these questions that went unanswered so just just take that in, in thought and if you got a dad or a hunting buddy or you know that's a little bit older it's time to think about some things and maybe write them down and actually ask them because once they're gone you you can't ask them you know and that's something that i wish somebody had told me back in the day yep great tip man and amen to that so, Dusty, where can we find you when we're not hanging out here on the microphone? Uh, you should be an email, Dusty at BigBuckRegistry.com. You can look me up on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Chubby Gobbler, Facebook.com forward slash Chubby Tines Outdoors. Look me up on Instagram at Chasing Antler. Jay, where can the people reach out to you when you're not on the mic? Best place is uh, email, Jay at BigBuckRegistry.com. You can always find the entire Big Buck Contingent on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Big Buck Registry. If you'd like to be famous for a day and send up, send in some of those big bucks that you're shooting right now, uh, send it into bigbuckregistry.com forward slash my buck and all the instructions will be right there for you. If you'd like to follow us on iTunes, uh, just hit sub, the subscribe button. And if you like the show enough, uh, please uh, do the search for Big Buck Registry and leave us a review, five-star, if you love the show. And if you'd like to pledge your support, please go to bigbuckregistry.com forward slash pledge or bigbuckregistry.com forward slash donate. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bigbuckregistry and on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash bigbuckregistry. Dusty, I think that's a wrap, man. That's a whole lot of big buck. A whole lot of big buck. Big buck, big, big buck, buck everywhere. Oh, big buck. Oh, well, hey, thanks for tuning in with us. I'm Dusty Phillips. And I'm Jay Scott. And you listen to another great episode of the Big Buck Registry Deer Hunting Podcast. We'll see you next week. Can't wait. Can't wait.